today we are talking about whether or not breakfast is in fact the most important meal of the day. And I want to see if you know that religious cults use high carb and low protein diets as a way to actually reduce their members' critical thinking skills and essentially keep them more subservient. And that's what we're discussing on this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today, we are talking about whether or not breakfast is, in fact, the most important meal of the day. And I want to see if you know that religious cults use high carb and low protein diets as a way to actually reduce their members' critical thinking skills and essentially keep them more subservient. You see, yesterday I was speaking with a client about the importance of having her hit her protein goals on a daily basis. When I asked if she needed some clarity on why protein was so important, she mentioned this, that actually cults are renowned for using low protein and high carb diets to reduce their members' critical thinking skills, to actually physically weaken them and to make them less likely to question authority. Now, I don't know about you, but this was certainly news to me and it actually makes a lot of sense. But what's equally scary is when we consider that the majority of Americans get only 16% of their dietary calories from protein sources and are essentially living on high carbohydrate and relatively low protein diets. Now, couple that with a chronic lack of sleep and well, you can probably deduce what that means for the health and cognitive function of our population. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Now, cult nutrition aside, we're here to discuss the importance of breakfast, namely as it relates to being the most important meal of the day. And as with everything nutrition related, the answer is unequivocally, it depends. Right. And so in this conversation, we're going to discuss a few different ways we should be considering if, how, and why breakfast matters, particularly as it pertains to losing weight, to improving health and longevity, and optimizing performance. And I'm going to do my best here to provide some practical tips for you and your family that you can implement today or tomorrow morning, to be fair. So hang with me. And thank you for joining me in this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive in. Now, if you're looking for the TLDR version, I'll come right out and say that at the end of the day, primarily when we're talking about weight loss, breakfast really does not matter that much. And see, in our recent systematic review and meta-analysis, and this is basically a research study uh, that analyzes data from all, over, all other relevant research studies. So it's a research study of all of the relevant research studies that have been done on the topic. In this particular case, all of the research studies that have been done on quote-unquote breakfast and quote-unquote weight loss found no discernible effect of eating or skipping breakfast 
on what they called obesity-related anthropometric measures. Now, that basically means uh, circumference measurements, hip-to-waist ratio, and so on and so forth. So if you've been led to believe that breakfast is the, quote, most important meal of the day, then based on this data and assuming weight loss as a goal, you'd actually be wrong. Now, additionally, if you've been informed that you need breakfast to quote unquote, stoke the metabolism, then again, you've actually been grossly misinformed. In fact, since we're on the topic of breakfast and weight loss, you're probably familiar with a popular eating methodology called intermittent fasting. I mean, who hasn't heard of intermittent fasting? I've done numerous episodes on it, which depending on the form of fasting, and because there's several, the sole objective is to help you facilitate weight loss by skipping breakfast or that first meal of the day. And because people have had success with you know, waiting until noon or later to eat that first meal of the day, one could deduce that in fact, breakfast is not as beneficial as we once may have thought. But what this really comes down to and what the research supports is that if you care about weight loss, then you need to make sure you're effectively managing your calorie intake breakfast or otherwise. That's really all it comes down to. In other words, you can eat seven meals a day or two meals a day. You can eat right before bed or you can stop eating at 3 p.m. You can skip breakfast or you can eat breakfast. You can eat McDonald's or choose not to. None of it really matters as much as making sure that you're actually in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time. And for a lot of people, skipping breakfast can help them do just that. So to summarize, from a weight loss standpoint, there's really no benefit to skipping breakfast, unless of course, by doing so, you are better able to manage your daily calorie intake. And here's where it really does depend. Right. Here's why it's not black and white. And here's where I'll insert some anecdotal evidence and certainly my opinion as it pertains to weight loss, because obviously I have a little bit of experience working with uh, this aspect of nutrition and hundreds and hundreds of clients throughout almost 20 years of coaching. So first, if we take into consideration the standard American breakfast of bagels and cereal and donuts and pancakes and pastries and muffins and sugary yogurts and juice and, and on and on and on then I would think uh, it would actually make a lot of sense for most people to actually skip breakfast, right? There's, there's little, little to no nutritional value in the breakfast that most people consume, uh, coupled with, frankly, an absurd amount of calories relative to what most people need. So if it's between, you know, eating the standard American crap breakfast and no breakfast for most adults, I'd suggest actually skipping breakfast. Now, again, here's where the nuance comes in is, is this is the stuff that research studies don't factor in. And that goes well beyond a black and white conclusion. Now, secondly, and, and this is counter to my previous point by not eating breakfast and because so many people have poor blood sugar regulation, the act of skipping breakfast can actually set people up for a cascade of poor decisions later on in the day, whether they realize it or not. And so usually starting, right, most people usually start the day with high amounts of caffeine, 
if they're skipping breakfast, then obviously it's on an empty stomach, which leads to an energy crash and excessive hunger mid to late morning, followed by another shot of caffeine usually or a sugary energy drink, you know, couple that at with the rest of the day, poor nutrition decisions that ultimately are a result of that poor blood sugar roller coaster that was actually initiated by not eating breakfast. And so ultimately this leads to a higher than desired calorie intake, despite the individual's best intentions of actually using fasting as a weight loss tool. As crazy as that sounds, it's, it's what we're doing first thing in the day that's uh, setting us up for disaster. So lastly, what I've experienced with hundreds of clients is that for many, given a busy schedule, is that aiming for a solid three to four meals per day seems to be ideal for managing calorie intake and creating stable blood sugar levels. Now, this also includes eating enough food to fuel goals because it's not always about just grossly restricting calories. In fact, rarely it's about grossly restricting calories. Rather, it's about maintaining some semblance of balance and making sure that we're getting the right amount to fuel our respective goals. So this also includes eating enough food to fuel our goals, as well as giving the individual the opportunity to reach their protein goals as being one important driver of progress, which is imperative when we're talking about health, uh, weight loss, and body composition changes. So what it comes down to here is experimenting for yourself with what helps fuel you for the day and allows you to actually make the best decisions possible. So I'll go ahead and I'll get into some of the breakfast examples of what I suggest for clients towards the end of this conversation. So bear with me here. Now, let's discuss the impact on health and longevity and performance. And, and here's the deal. This is the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. So my goal here is to give you and your family immediately useful and tangible information. So if you want the biohackers version of skipping breakfast for autophagy or, or BDNF or for more uh, esoteric benefits, then frankly, this isn't going to be the right show for you. And that's fine. But with that said is I have interviewed a number of experts in previous episodes on the mechanisms and proposed benefits of intermittent fasting. So just make sure you check out the show notes if you want to learn more and get some references for other sources that might be able to provide some of those, again, more esoteric uh, benefits. Okay. I'm going to take a bit of a different spin on these topics as I think that what we really need to be addressing is not our health and longevity, nor our performance per se, but the health performance and longevity of our children and what a healthy breakfast means to those measures of success. So current data very clearly suggests that our childhood obesity is increasing at an alarming rate, right? We all know this. Now, couple that with the concurrent estimated 10% or more of these children having some form of attention deficit disorder. And it being, it being very, very obvious, I think that there is a strong correlation between what our kids eat and how they behave that we need to be aggressively attacking the elephant in the room here which is what, when, 
and how we feed our kids and how it impacts not only their weight and behavior in school, but also how they learn and the habits that they develop around food that will either support or plague them for the rest of their lives. So we know very clearly that one, kids need to be eating breakfast to fuel their physical and mental performance for the day. I mean, it's obviously common sense to some degree. And two, that the type of breakfast they consume matters almost as much as whether or not they eat breakfast. And listen, as it turns out, regardless of whether or not you have kids, the same things we should be feeding our kids is also what we should be eating to help set the stage for productive, for focused, for energetic, and physically and emotionally stable day. Because I firmly believe that if more people realize the impact of their first meal of the day, then we'd have a much healthier, more positive, and frankly, more productive population. In fact, one of my greatest mentors, uh, Charles Poliquin, rest in peace, used to always say that the first thing that you put in your mouth daily, provided it's actually food, will determine your neurotransmitter production for the rest of the day. And there's two things that I gleaned from learning from him over the years. One is, yes, indeed, he, he was a big pervert. And two is that our brain chemicals are fueled by the composition and the quality of the foods that we consume, especially with that first meal. So let's talk about ways to fuel ourselves and our kiddos. First, as we said, kids need to be eating breakfast. And I'd argue that for them, it is in fact the most important meal of the day. As, it, as I said, it sets the stage for their mental focus, for their physical energy, and for their emotional stability. And, and the reality is that a hungry kid isn't going to be able to focus, right? So it's imperative that they get enough of the right types of foods uh, that are going to help keep them satiated throughout the morning so that they can be mentally present for their academics. Now, ideally, we are all in a, a socioeconomic position to be able to provide these types of things. And frankly, some are and some aren't. And so you've got to do the best you can with with what you have. I fully understand that. And so what does this look like? Well, as discussed, uh, we definitely want to veer away from the standard American breakfast of cereal and waffles and choose something more protein dense as the protein specifically is going to give them energy. It's going to help them stay satiated and it's going to help activate more of those brain neurotransmitters or we'll say happy brain chemicals that allow them to be focused and alert. And as I've discussed in previous episodes, kids should eat what we eat and kids will eat what we eat. So if you're not eating or if you're eating junk, then you can certainly expect them to follow suit. So here are my suggestions for a protein dense breakfast that revolve around uh, the following foods. And I'm just going to list off some foods and then we'll talk about some kind of sample, how I would put together some meals. And so the obvious, right? Eggs, turkey bacon, uh, lean or a lean cut of bacon. Uh, chicken sausage is a great one. Greek yogurt and Greek yogurt specifically because Greek yogurt has a very high protein content, whey protein in, in shakes or smoothies, uh, leftover proteins from previous meals. There's nothing to say that 
you have to have quote unquote breakfast foods for breakfast. You can have meat, you can have uh, starchy carbs, you can have vegetables, uh, rice, potato, oats, vegetables, all of these things. So uh, leftovers like ground beef, like steak, like chicken, like turkey. Now, of course, whole grains like oatmeal or steel cut oats, uh, vegetables, and, and certainly fruits. And, and here's a few examples of what seems to work well for our family, as well as what I've heard from uh, numerous clients. So clearly we can do various egg dishes and you can go on Google, or you certainly can email me and I can be happy to send you some of our recipe guides, but various egg dishes, including scrambled eggs, you can throw in ham and cheese for the kids, French toast. And I like to soak for myself. I'll use a whole grain, like an Ezekiel bread, which has high fiber. It has high protein. Uh, it has very little gluten in it. It's sprouted. So it's theoretically easily uh, digestible, but that's kind of some of the minutia, but I like to soak the bread for a couple hours, if not overnight. So it really absorbs all of that good egg goodness, right? Uh, you can do egg bakes, you can do frittatas and casseroles. And these are things that you can cook ahead of time uh, that are nutrient dense. So have eggs, so protein and vegetables. You can use more egg whites if you want to ramp up the protein intake anything that you think your kids will eat. You can make a casserole that's half and half and so on and so forth. Now you can complement any of these and, or make your main protein source revolve around other proteins like leaner cuts of bacon, as I said, turkey bacon, chicken sausage. So our kids love uh, Applegate Farms chicken sausage. Uh, so it comes in a little frozen package. You can throw it in a skillet or even in the microwave. And we lived off this over the last six months when we were renovating our house, we've been without a kitchen uh, up until a few weeks ago, we've been without a kitchen for about six months. And so we had to make it work. And no, not every breakfast was ideal. In fact, far from it. So it goes, but you do the best you can with what you've got. So the kids love the Applegate Farms chicken sausage and Costco and Trader Joe's have a couple different um, chicken sausage brands that are relatively lean, tasty, that kids seem to enjoy that would give them a good chunk of protein to get their day started, as opposed to obviously cereal and microwave waffles and all that junk. Now you can also have something like oatmeal, or you can make your own homemade protein muffins with the aforementioned resources. And there's a company actually called uh, Veggies Made Great that has a line of muffins that the kids love that basically has vegetables. It has like chopped up carrots and zucchini and spinach that's like essentially hidden in the muffin. And they still have, you know, double chocolate muffins. And to be fair, uh, you know, it's a genius idea, despite the fact that they're still kind of relatively um, carb dense. It's definitely a better alternative than I think giving them a, a regular muffin that's just all fat and sugar. Uh, and then the other thing that seems to work great uh, to fuel the kids up in the morning is a protein dense shake. And so we generally use, so we pull out the Vitamix. The kids love to make the shake. They love to help out. Dad, can I pour the fruit in? Can I put the yogurt in? Can I put the protein powder in? Can I do it myself? Um, I think it's a great way to 
obviously teach the kids how to build a healthy breakfast, to give and empower them to want to take charge, to learn some of the skills around cooking and preparing, if you want to call that cooking. Obviously, when you're including them, it just gives them more autonomy. So we generally use frozen fruit. We use Greek yogurt. We use unsweetened almond milk, greens powder, whey protein powder. But there's all sorts of ways that you can make for the family to enjoy. In fact, I have a super shake guide that I'll include in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, just scroll down to the show notes. You can click on the, I think it's called like my nine best super smoothies or or something like that. And uh, you can download that for free. So that has got a, a bunch of good recipes that the kids love. And that's down in the show notes. So here's the thing, guys, is it it doesn't have to be complicated. And it's not always easy, understandably, but it's worth it to take the time to plan accordingly, to set you and your family up for success, regardless of your health and body composition goals. And trust me, I know how easy it can be during these crazy mornings uh, when you're trying to get everyone ready to go and to just resort for a bowl, of, you know, resort to a bowl of cereal or grab a donut on the way to school. And, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that from time to time. But you're doing your kids a disservice if you're not giving them or yourself the opportunity to be successful by fueling yourself the right way. Now, as I said, having just finished a six-month remodel on our house, there were more mornings than I'd care to admit that the kids ate a far from ideal breakfast. And frankly, uh, it showed in their behavior and their performance. And the reality is that we'll continue to set them up for success as best we can by providing them with healthy options. And most importantly, by leading example. And I know that you can do this too. I know that you can. So Regardless of what you've been told about breakfast, I'd encourage you to take a step back and to determine what your goals are and if and how that first meal of the day can support you and your family. And as always, if you're confused about where to start or you're frustrated that you can't seem to keep the weight off, regardless of what you try, then it might be time to take a more individualized approach to your health and fitness through our pure science proven results process. And this is where we take a comprehensive and data-driven look at where you are now, where you want to go, and really identify the objective and subjective roadblocks that are keeping you from achieving your goals. Our Smart Nutrition Coaching Program is guaranteed to help you develop the skills and the habits necessary to fuel your long-term success without all, you know, the all too common restrictions that most diets employ. So if you want to find out more about the Smart Nutrition Coaching Program and see if you qualify to work with us, just schedule your free nutrition strategy call over at bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. As always, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I hope you found value in this episode. Uh, If you did, do me a favor and uh, leave a positive rating and review and uh, share this with someone that you think could benefit. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I hope you make tomorrow's breakfast great. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, 
leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 